are starting a new series over the next few weeks called Stay Focused. And uh, if any of you have kids, um, you might have different phrases. Uh, in our house, one of the phrases that we say all the time is stay focused. Because we'd, we'd need to accomplish something or whatever. And if you've had kids or you happen to be married to somebody uh, who has ADD, like me, um, you are constantly being sidetracked. And so we're doing a thing called Stay Focused. Uh, I'm going to preach this morning on a gentleman whose life completely changed. And I think this sermon is absolutely applicable to every person in here, no matter what stage of life you're in. And then uh, we're going to go over our mission statement over the next three weeks, which is uh, reach, restore, and respond, and uh, that we reach our neighborhood and surrounding communities with the love of the Father. We restore lives to healthy relationship in the Son, and we respond to a move of the Spirit. Our church mission really should be the mission of every Christian uh, that, that is a follower of Jesus. It was Jesus's mission, so we just stole it from him. So we'll be going uh, over that as well. This morning, we're going to talk about a very famous person who um, has really specific chapters in their lives. And as we head into 2023, you might uh, be at the verge of changing one of those chapters. You might have just come out of 2022 going, I really hope 2023 is a new chapter. You might be heading into 2023 nervous because maybe for the first time you're losing power. You're losing what you used to rely on. Maybe your body has begun to change if you're aging and you're so used to be able to doing everything you could on your own. You didn't need help from anybody and you're finding that that's starting to change uh, due to proportional adjustments. Um, Maybe, maybe it was something else. Maybe it was your finances, and now you're on a fixed income. Maybe it was your education, and uh, that's not really valued in, in your circle of influence. Maybe you were in uh, a certain job, and you were the manager, or you had uh, a lot of, you were looked up to, and now you no longer have that. Or maybe it's just a new season. You have kids now, and 2023 is just like, okay, now they start kindergarten, and it's like, what does that look like, or uh, what have you? There's just so many different areas in our lives where these chapters come and go. Some of them we force on ourselves. Some of us had to get into recovery in 2022 because they, it was forced upon us. Some of us had to rethink our eating habits in 2022 because it was forced upon us. Someone of, of, of us had to, uh, we, we had made some bad decisions in our finances and we had to tighten everything up because that was forced upon us. For others, it was forced upon you. Or uh, for others, it's just called life. Well, this morning, we're going to look at a guy, a very famous guy in the Bible that this happened to him. And um, if you want to read more, if you want to know more about this particular uh, person in um, the Bible, there's a really good documentary uh, that you can go uh, on, um, uh, on Disney. They have it. They cover it very accurately. Uh, no, it's, it's, okay. Anyway, it's a joke. Hey, it's Moses, right? Okay. You got, this is a tough crowd this morning. It was late... <laughs> Late night last night. Good gracious. Okay. No. So, uh, yeah. So, Mo Moses, right? And so, the story of Moses, we get the story of Moses out of Exodus, and uh, we also get it out of Acts. 
And uh, we get some really cool details that I wanted to read in Acts so that you can get an idea of what's going on in Moses' life. Because I really believe, I strongly believe, and I say it all the time, you need to read your Bibles. There's so much good stuff in there. And a lot of it, the Bible expects you to read it like a normal book. Like, why did they say that? Why did they leave that out? Why was that added later, right? Because the Holy Spirit, the, the, the Bible calls itself this, uh, it's the Word of God, and it's living and active. And so you should have an expectation when you go to the Bible that there's going to be something in there for you. And even if you read that same chapter the day before, you'll see something new. And so we're going to go to Acts first. So there's a guy named Stephen, and uh, he just kind of broke out in a sermon, and he was berating the Pharisees. This, this particular sermon actually ended up getting him killed. Uh, when he finished the sermon, they were so upset, they started throwing rocks at him until they, until they killed him. And that's where we get the, the kind of call story and introduction of the Apostle Paul comes through this. So in the middle of this sermon that he's, he's preaching to talk about Jesus and to talk about what the Pharisees and the teachers of the law did, he says this, at that time Moses was born, and he was no ordinary child. So what happened with Moses was uh, Pharaoh decided that the Jews, the Jews were uh, slaves. Pharaoh decided that the Jews were breeding too much. <laughs> like you're getting too many Jews. And so his idea was we'll just kill all the boys. And so if you were a midwife and you were uh, helping deliver a Hebrew boy, you would make sure that that boy died. Well, Moses' mom made a little um, basket and put pitch in it and then floated it down the river. And there's a really cool uh, part. It's one of my favorite parts of the story. Moses' sister walked alongside the river and was hiding, making sure that Moses ended up okay. It's very, very sweet. Um, Maybe it's just because I love my sister. I don't know. But uh, so this is, this is what was happening. He was no ordinary child. For three months, he was cared for by his family. When, he, when he, uh, he was placed outside, Pharaoh's daughter took him and brought him up as her own son. So this Hebrew boy was raised in the palace as an Egyptian under wealth that you and I cannot even imagine he was educated. He was trained in philosophy. He was trained in um, um, uh, war. He was most likely, um, I have a certain belief I'll share with you in a little bit. He was most likely trained as a warrior, as you would if you were in the royal family. You would have trainers that would train you on all your different weapons and all those different things. So this is one chapter of his life. He was a Hebrew boy, and now he's kind of raised as an Egyptian. When he was placed outside, okay, so Moses was educated in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was powerful in speech and action. After 40 years had passed, so he, what had happened was he got into the palace and he saw an Egyptian beating up on a Hebrew. He found out he was Hebrew. And they got into a little kerfuffle and Moses killed that Egyptian. And then he tried to hide the body. So, so Moses is, that is pretty awesome. So Moses kills this guy, and then he's, he doesn't think anyone knows. And when two Hebrews were fighting, Moses comes out and says, brothers, you don't need to fight. And they said, are you going to kill us like you did that Egyptian? 
what? So then he's like, oh, man. And Pharaoh finds out. Pharaoh wants to kill him. So he, he go, leaves the palace. He leaves philosophy. He leaves his education. He leaves his training. He leaves his future to go off. Forty years uh, passes. And so what had happened after that was he shows up. Uh, he's just wandering around. And he shows up. And this guy has these seven daughters at a well. And they were trying to, to water the sheep. This is one of my favorite stories in the Bible, too. And some shepherds come and drive the women away because they wanted to f- water their sheep. So you can imagine these burly shepherd men come up to the well, and there's women there, and they're like, you know, what are you doing? This is all well. Get out of here. You know, whatever. Because all shepherds are from New York with a bad accent, right? So they're like bullying them. And then this is the part that it just, I just maybe read too much in the Bible. But I really like like assassin books. Like I like books where the guy has all this training that nobody knows about. Like maybe he's Navy SEAL or something. Like, you guys are going to leave this church and never come back. And he's like all this training. And then there's like a group, like he's in a bar or there's, you know, just Jack Reacher, Gray Man, you know, fill in Orphan X, you know, whatever. But fill in the thing. And so he shows up and, and then all these guys want to pick a fight because he's different. Because you have to understand, at this point, Moses looks like an Egyptian. Okay? He just came out of the palace. And so he shows up and I could just imagine him going to these, these uh, shepherds and being like, you need to leave them alone. You know, he's got his hood, he's got like a his robe is all like cloaked, you know, and they're like, what are you going to do about it, Egyptian boy or whatever? And he's like, this will not end well for you, you know, and he's got all his training, got his staff. And he's just like, psh, psh, psh. I don't know how it worked, but read your Bibles. It's all in there. If you look careful enough, they go and then he waters the sheep for them. And so the, the girls go back to their dad and their dad's like, what, how can you be back so fast? She's like, there's, there's an Egyptian there. And he watered the sheep for us, which, again, I'm just a dude. But here's Moses, right? And there's these seven ladies that he just rescued. And he's just, I could just picture him over the well like, I got this. Like pulling up the water. Like, you know, let me pull, roll up my sleeves. You know, he's like showing off. So they called him an Egyptian to their dad. There's an Egyptian helper. But he's not Egyptian. He's Hebrew. But his identity, everything about Moses was Egyptian. Everything about him, his clothes, his haircut, his probably earring, probably had that removed. But just all of these things, he's royalty. And here he is in the desert helping these women. So the dad is like, what? well, where is he now? And they're like, well, you know, he's you know, back at the well. And he's, you know, because it's back in that culture He's like, I'm going to get one of my daughters married off. So he sends them back there. Moses shows up, and he, that's how he marries Zipporah, okay? So there we are. Now, after 40 years had passed, an angel appeared to Moses in the flames of a burning bush in the desert near Mount Sinai. Moses was tending sheep. He went from palace to pasture. He went from privilege He's privileged, and there's hope for the future, and all that to poverty. Now, they're probably not, it probably wasn't poverty. There's probably quite a bit of sheep, but they weren't his sheep. He was a day laborer for his father-in-law. Now, listen, I love my father-in-law. Dad, if you're watching, I love you very much. But I do not want to work for my father-in-law. 
Okay? And so this is his reality. Moses is in a completely new chapter with no future, and he's going to live out his days in here. And all of a sudden, the flames of a burning bush in the desert near Mount Sinai, when he saw this, he was amazed at the sight. So this is Stephen telling the story of Moses. So now let's do a fun thing. Let's jump back to Exodus and read the text uh, as it actually happened. God looked on the Israelites and was concerned about them. So while Moses was gone for 40 years, things had gotten really, really worse in Egypt. And they were crying out to God. I don't know if you remember the whole story, but God kind of had them go to Egypt to learn some things. Because they were living in riches, and they weren't taking care of the poor, and they were worshiping other idols, and they were looking for meaning and purpose outside of their God. And so God had them for a season kind of work that all out for them. They were being disciplined. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. There, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that the bush was on fire, yet it did not burn up. So that was kind of the sign. And one of the first things I look at when I look at this kind of uh, scripture is, and there are other expressions of Christianity that are always looking for signs. They're always looking for something hidden within something else. When God wants to give you a sign, he's going to give you a sign. You don't need to look for it. When God wants to speak, you're going to hear him. He's not a father, a heavenly father that mumbles under his breath, and because you didn't hear it or you didn't do the right thing, he's just waiting to whack you. He makes it clear. And so he makes it. There's this bush. It's on fire, but it's not burning. Okay? And so that's where, that's where they are. So Moses thought, this is so cool, I will go over and see this strange sight. Yeah. Why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that Moses had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. What I want us to see this morning are a couple things that I think some of us really need to hear. I know I need to hear this again over and over. He knows your name, and he knows where you are. Not like he's, you're trying to hide from him and he's pulled the sheets back on you. No, he knows where you are. He knows what chapter of life you're in. He knows where you came from, where you are now and where you're going. And he knows your name. And when you hear him call, there is no mistaking he might do it through a song, maybe a worship song that we just listened to. He might do it through the Word of God. You're reading and you're like, wow, is this, have you ever done, I don't know if you've ever done that, where you're reading a section of Scripture and you're like, I swear he wrote this for me. He says, Moses, Moses, he knows your name. He knows where you are. And he is not scared of your position in life. He doesn't shame you from your past, and he doesn't praise you that you're doing such a great job, and look at how much you got it all put together. He's your heavenly father. He says, Moses, Moses. And then Moses answers the way we all are to answer. And when we take communion later on after this sermon, maybe this is the thing you say to him. When we take communion, we're celebrating what Jesus has done, that he died for our sins. He died for our mistakes. He died for our past, for our shame. 
And the, the little cracker we have is his body that has been broken. And the little cup we drink is his blood that washes over our sin. And referencing back to what we're going to see, or what you would see if you kept reading this exodus. This blood of the lamb on the door, doorpost. Jesus is that blood now. So when we take communion, maybe the thing you say is what Moses says. Here I am. Here I am. I don't have any more riches. I'm not in the palace anymore. Don't really have much to offer. I forgot all my fighting skills. That's over. I don't remember philosophy. I know sheep. That's what I know now. He says, here I am. That's all he wants from any one of us is just to respond with, here I am. So Moses says, here I am. And then God says this thing, and I, 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 I love the way the text plays out here. He says, don't come any closer, okay? Don't come any closer. So like, okay, just, it's a burning bush that's not burning, and he's talking to God, and God calls him by name and then says, just hold up right there for a second. And here's what he says. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. When God calls us, whether it's through scripture or a song or another brother or sister in Christ going, hey, I've noticed you haven't been around. I noticed you've been troubled. I noticed, have you been wounded? Are you okay? And you have this encounter. These are holy moments. Now, why does God have Moses take off his sandals? It's a really great question. And for many, many years in my Christian life, I thought, I, I thought you'd want more protection on your feet. <laughs> like, it's holy ground, like, oh, let me go get some other shoes so when I burn up, uh, because I'm not worthy, you'll, you'll, they'll be protected. But when you study Scripture and you study Jesus and you get this relationship with your Heavenly Father, you realize what God is doing here. He's saying, I'm here and you're here and I don't want anything getting in the way of this conversation. I want it to go back to the way it used to be. Back in the Garden of Eden, when Adam didn't have shoes on, and Eve didn't have shoes on, and you were just communing with the, my creation. I, we're going to strip, Moses, we're going to strip you down. So it's just you and I. It's very sweet. Another thing about shoes that I noticed is that um, you're kind of identified by your shoes. You know, for those of you who might be in law enforcement or whatever, your boots and all that kind of stuff, you've been in the military, your shoes kind of identify who you are. So, I, like I said, I was going to be honest, these are the shoes I want. These are no bull black wild granite trainers, okay? Now, you're asking yourself, John, why would you want these shoes? Okay, I'm going to tell you why. Because all my life I've been an athlete, but now I'm 56, I'm not an athlete anymore, but I want to feel like an athlete. And I think these shoes, if I purchase them, will make me feel more like an athlete. Now, listen, listen, before you blame me and yell at me and do all that, you all do the same thing. It might not be with shoes, but you buy your clothes to feel a certain way, to look a certain way. We all do. Even the person who says, 
I wear my clothes because I don't care what anyone thinks. Well, you kind of just gave it away. You really care what everybody thinks. You want them to know you don't care, which means you care deeply, right? So even when you dress sloppy, you're trying to dress something. But these, and by the way, if anyone wants to buy these for me, I'm a size 10. But um, I'm kidding. I'm a size 10 and a half. But um, uh, these are the shoes. Why? Because I've played sports my whole life, and now I can no longer play sports. And so I want something when I'm at the gym or whatever to be like, yeah, you know what? I still got it. And you know what God says? Man, take those shoes off. You're no athlete. Get, what are you doing? Take those shoes off. Why do you want to be identified as an athlete? You're a grown man. You're 56 years old. Like, get, take those shoes off, right? Some of them, I got a friend who has a leans left, and he, his Birkenstocks, he likes Birkenstocks because that's, that's like a... Democrats MAGA hat, okay? Like you just, you just kind of like, I'm wearing Birkenstocks and, you know, notice my Birkenstocks, right? Okay, and again, if you're on the left or right, I apologize. But anyway, and so, so I like giving them this picture of these Birkenstocks. These are uh, Birkenstock Arizonas. They're like several hundred dollars, which goes against everything that you're supposed to stand for as a liberal, right? Big corporation, like all this kind of elitism, um, some of you might like nice shoes. These Testani pumps are $900, which I find funny because I, I have spray paint in my garage. I could make these shoes <laughs> for like $4, $4. You can get it at Home Depot. I'll show you exactly where to get it. But anyway, uh, those, are, those are $900. Um, if you like Louboutins, these, these are red bottoms. Um, don't finish the song. And, uh, but if you're, if, if you're into that, and by the way, if you want to buy these for Lisa, actually, I am. You can do that. That would be great. That would be good. All right. I'm playing around. But here, here, here's, here's where I want to get, right? Because, you know, I, I bring up my shoes that I like that makes me feel like an athlete. Maybe your shoes make you feel however you feel or w w whatever it is. But here's the majority of us. The majority of us go before God. And we're wearing shoes like this. And we feel like, man, I just, I mean, I don't know Moses, but I'll bet his shoes, his sandals, were a daily reminder of what he lost. A daily reminder of being out in the open instead of being in the palace. Of having servants of having people who would get into your bed before it was time for you to go to bed to warm your bed up so that when you got in there, it was nice and warm for you. And now he's sleeping outside. Maybe this represents failure to you. You show up with God and you're like, I, 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 I'm really embarrassed. And God says, man, take those shoes off. You're not identified by being a shepherd. You're not identified by being a athlete or this or that. You're not identified by your past. You show up to God and you think, oh no, I, I can't. And God says, hey, this is holy ground. You take off your past right now. We're going to have a conversation. I have something new for you. And I really believe, I truly believe that for a lot of us this year, 2023, we made it through COVID. We made it through all this nonsense, political nonsense, all this kind of stuff. And God is sitting here going, calling you by name and going, man, take that stuff off. We're going to do a new thing in 2023. We're going to have different conversations in 2023. One of the things we'll talk about after this Stay Focused is a series I want to talk about, about distractions, removing distractions from our life. I think God wants us to remove those things. 
Take those shoes off. Take those shoes off. You don't need those things. They don't identify you. Your weight doesn't identify you. Your socioeconomic class doesn't identify you. Your paint job, your gender. He says, take that off. Come here. This is holy ground. Watch what he does, because this is very key. See, Moses is a shepherd. Moses was in the palace. Moses, Moses, Moses. And he says, take off your shoes. And then he just goes into this. We're going to talk on who I am, not who you are. We're going to talk about my potential through you, not your potential. We're going to talk about how I change your life, not how much you have to try, 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 try to change your life. He says, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. Right? And I wrote a little section of scripture after this that whoever the writer was writing didn't include it, but I think it should be included. And it's this, uh, yeah. <laughs> That's what happens when we encounter God, right? We think I'm, I'm unworthy. I got, I got to hide my face. I got to. Now, I mean, think about the reality of that. Like, you're going to hide your face? Like, what good is that? <laughs> okay, good luck. But yes, that's the reaction. And that should be our reaction. We don't just waltz up to God and just, oh, yeah, whatever. It's cool, whatever. Yeah, we hide our face. Uh, yeah. And he says this, now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I've seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. And then he says something so interesting and so powerful, and I just want us to get this. He says, so now, go. Now, when Moses goes, what's the first thing he does? He puts his shoes back on. He puts his sandals back on. And another thing I think God is wanting us to see is, yes, we come to him and we remove our past and we remove our shame and we remove our past accomplishments because they don't matter when it comes to the kingdom of God. And we remove all these things. And yet he says, I'm still going to use you for where you are now. Moses, go. And I wrote another part of scripture. We are going to use your nasty shoes. <laughs> we're going to use those shoes you took off because it was holy ground. This is where we're going to start. We're going to start from where you are now. And I want you to see this when we talk about 2023. We're going to start with your divorced self right now. We're going to start with your empty nest self right now. We're going to start with where you are financially. We're going to start with where you are emotionally. You say, John, I can barely get through the day. He says, put those nasty shoes back on. We're going to go from here. That you don't have to get all buttoned up to be used by God. You don't have to have it all figured out to be used by God. He says, first... Take off your shoes. That's not your identity. You're on holy ground. And guess what was going to happen? We're going to work this out because I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now, put your shoes back on and let's go. Just so we're clear, the Bible does not say this, okay? I, I wrote that in. I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring 
my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Do you know the emotions that must have been welling up in, in Moses? Have you ever had things in your life where even when they're just brought up, you get something in your stomach? Like maybe for some of you, you're going back to work tomorrow. And I just said work tomorrow. And you went, oh, right? When Moses left, Pharaoh was trying to kill him. When he left, he's been gone for 40 years. Further, it's gotten really bad in Egypt for Hebrews. And he doesn't look like, a Hebrew. He doesn't look like an Egyptian anymore. He doesn't have all the haircut. He, he looks like a Hebrew shepherd, like the guys he kicked out of that well. That's what he looks like now. And God says, we're going to take 40 years of your life. We're going to strip you down, get you to where it's just you, and we're going to send you back with those nasty shoes. And you, if you followed the story, um, you know, Moses has a lot to say about this. He doesn't, you know, I don't speak well, I need a friend, you know, all these different, all the excuses you and I all come up with. And God is just like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Right, yeah, no, that's good. Yep. Okay, here we go. 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 Another final thing before we share in communion. For some of us, this year, it's time to stop playing around. God's saying, look, we're not playing Christians. We're not playing around with Jesus. It's not you. I'm adding something to your life so that you can get through work. And Jesus will be by your side. And you can put a little figurine of Jesus. For some of you, this might be some really, really tough decisions for 2023. It might cost you some relationships. It might cost you some habits. It might cost you some medications, some crutches, some perspectives. You might have to actually forgive those who've wounded you. And you say, God, I can't do it. And he's like, Put on those nasty shoes and go. It might be a really tough year for you. But I promise, he is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And he doesn't call you to anything that he doesn't see you through into completion. So while he might be calling you to something hard in 2023, he's going to do it. He's going to do it. I, I always have to feel like I have to say this every time. There's a saying out there that God never gives you more than you can handle. It's, I, I don't know where that came from. It's like a Hallmark card or chicken soup for the soul or whatever. He always gives you more than you can handle. Always. It's like everything in the Bible is all about like how difficult it is, right? He never gives you something that he can't handle. He never gives you something that the I am can't handle. He says, take off those shoes. That's not your identity anymore. You can't do anything in sandals. Sandals, <laughs> terrible. Oh, but I am the God. And when you go and you talk to Pharaoh, you're going to be speaking my words that I'm saying. And when you go and you talk to those people you're relating to this year, and when you make those hard decisions this year, decisions that are too hard for you, I'm telling you they're too hard for you, but they're not too hard for him. We only have one thing to say, here I am. Here I am. We're going to, as the worship band comes back up, we're going to uh, 
have another worship song, and then what we do is we um, have uh, communion all set up, and you can just, whenever you want, whenever you feel comfortable, get up and um, uh, grab a cracker and a juice and whatever. There's, uh, just to be clear on the theology of communion, there are some um, expressions of Christianity that say if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, then we'd ask you not to partake. <laughs> I have no idea where that comes from. That is not our expression. You might be like, I don't even know what I believe. I just, I just, if I can get closer to Jesus or try to figure it out, you are welcome to the table. We believe in an open table. He bids all come. Okay, for those of you who have been long-term Christians that think you know the verse in your mind, like, I know where that comes from. We're in for a long conversation. It's not what it means. I'm sending you out to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. And his response is like all of ours. Here I am. Here I am. And so if you want to come, you can come and kneel and take communion at the altar just as a, as a, um, uh, just a posture, you know. Um, you can take it back to your seat or what have you. There'll be uh, some people at the cross praying Maybe you're going through something, and for 2023, you're like, you are, the Lord has already spoken to you of what's going to happen, and it's going to be hard, and you know it's going to be hard. Maybe you just want someone to pray for you. God, you know, would you just help me with this? Well, we have people who will stand alongside of you for that. And then what we'll do is when we're done taking communion and we finish this song, I'll come back and give a blessing to everybody, and we'll be on our way into a new year together. This is exciting. This is very exciting. Lord Jesus, here we are. Here we are with our past. Here we are with our hopes and dreams. Here we are in our current reality. Here we are in our trauma, our pain, our depression, our anxiety. We're here. And Lord, we do not stand in shoes that represent anything that we have to offer. We stand in the name of Jesus, the great I am, who while being a son is also three in one to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So Lord, I pray as we take communion and maybe for those who just this morning, they just feel like, John, I just don't feel worthy enough to take, I, I just can't. Lord, would you touch them as well? We just come to you and say, here I am. Amen. Amen. Why don't we go ahead and stand for the blessing. Now in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I pray that you would go in his strength, in his peace, in his wisdom, and in his boldness. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time.